if it is their main business and they're unresponsive, not checking in, well, apparently like they don't think that the work you're doing or the project that you're doing is that important. If it was a main piece of their business, they would be checking in and trying to move this thing along. So it's obviously not critical. So I would look at how you can show them that the work that you are doing is important for their business, is helpful for their business. And again, just look at What are you doing to show them that they need you? Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey, because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. In today's episode, I'd like to address two questions that have come in from listeners, and hopefully this will be of benefit to everyone as I discuss what I would do in these situations as a freelancer. So the first one is how to broach changing your hours with a client if you are in a kind of position that is like set hours. So as many of you know, I advocate for running yourself as a freelance business owner, meaning you don't have set hours with the clients. You don't let them really direct when you're online and when you're working. However, that can be tricky. And there's usually always at least some overlap needed. When I was working with my clients first starting out, I did really position myself as like, hey, I'm an independent business that gives a service that you need. But I didn't let them tell me. I was just like, these are my hours, kind of like this is when I'll be in. And it was working great because I was on East Coast time. And so were my clients that my very first clients were in the same time zone. I then moved to Vegas for a while and lived there. And my clients were still in the East Coast. So the timing was a bit of an issue. But again, every time I needed to change it, I just kind of presented these are the hours that I'm going to be on. I know that it's not that easy always when you're starting out. I do think some of what I had going for me was my age. Like I was in this transition to freelancing at like 34, I think ish, somewhere around then 30, 33. I had worked in the professional world for a while. I'd been a teacher. I kind of just had this confidence of like, I got into freelancing to do my own thing, to make my own hours. So I'm setting myself up from day one as that. But I was also kind of hired as a consultant. And I do think you get away with a bit more when you're just like, hi, I'm a consultant. I'm here to help with yada, yada, yada. And they came to me providing a certain thing. There was definitely a vibe of being equals from the start, which is one that I heavily presented, which is the way I position myself as well. But for many of you, I know that you're starting into something you may have gone into Upwork and bid on a job and the client needs you to be on for set hours and they need you to be able to interface with the rest of the team and that sort of thing. And maybe you have something come up. So the person I was talking to about this had this gap in the middle of the day where it's kind of like a long lunch break, a couple hours in the middle of the day to take care of some family stuff. And And this can range from religious reasons, family reasons, school and education, other classes that you're doing, can 
commuting, just wanting to get home before the rush of everyone else. If you're out working at a cafe, whatever those reasons are, what you want to do if you are going to the client and you want to change your hours and they have hired you on kind of set hours, like you need to be available between nine and two Eastern time or whatever. If you want to change, what I would recommend you do is first take into account how will this affect the client and will it affect the client, right? It may or may not. If they hired you for customer service and there's an entire team working customer service, right? And the reason that you're specifically on those hours is because they want to have 24 hour coverage. Yes, it'll be a little harder when you're like, hey, I want to switch my hours because they're not in this leaving open a space of time that they won't have covered in that block. So that could be a bit more difficult. If it's just a thing of, hey, I want you working nine to two every day because the rest of the team is on that same amount of time? Well, it depends. Are you working with a team constantly that entire five hours? Or are you really only required to be on a meeting with the team for one hour, right? Try to brainstorm ahead of time how your changing of your hours is going to affect the client and the larger team that you are working with. That way you can come up with presenting a plan to the client. You're thinking about the roadblocks to getting what you want ahead of time. And mostly, I will say this, if you do good work, the client is not going to have an issue with it. If you can present things clear and laid out, hey, I have some personal things going on in the afternoon. I know I was hired for nine to two. I've been with you for a while now. I do good work. I would like to move that from nine to noon and then I'll be back in from four to six. Anyway, you present what you would like to have happen and make it clear to the client and as simple as possible, right? The big thing I find when you are trying to change something with a client, their immediate reaction is kind of going to be, how is this going to affect me? Is this going to cause issues for me? Is this going to be a problem? So if you can just sail right by that by laying everything out clearly for them, it's usually not going to be a problem. I've talked about this in many episodes, clients want to feel like they're in good hands and like they are taken care of. So you taking the time to lay out what's going to happen and present it to them and ask for their approval on that is much likelier to get you what you want than just being like, hey, can I change my hours? Or God forbid you start dipping out and showing up whenever you want. And they're like, what is going on? We agreed to these hours. You're all over the place. That's not good. Mostly though, mostly I will say the best way that you can get what you want is by doing amazing work. I've had freelancers come to me and they're like, yeah, so I need to change my hours for whatever reason. I'm now going to be on this, whatever. As long as they provide for an overlap with me and with the rest of the team, it's usually not an issue if they're doing amazing work, right? And the key thing as well is showing them how you are going to still kick ass at your job. The biggest issue a lot of times is the communication. It's like we can lose valuable time on something if you're not online at the same time. But your goal as a freelancer and your goal when you're trying to change your hours is to already just be so good that they know that nothing's going to drop. They're not going to have any issues. I've worked with people as far off in the world as 12 hour time difference. So right, like when I'm getting off at the end of the day, they're just waking up and then they'll be in a bit later. And that can be amazing with the right people who are committed to truly, truly, truly making sure that everything is sorted because bad issues come in when you have somebody needs something and the next person's not going to be on again for a whole 12 hours. That's awful. But if you are just doing your job as a freelancer, if you're giving good communication, if they know that they can count on you, 
basically your goal should be to make things so smooth. They don't really even notice that you're not online like you used to be anymore. Make sure that things are taken care of so much that if you're on at 11 to noon is when you overlap with them, that they know that you'll have everything sorted. You can get everything they need done, all the talking, all the chatting, all the catching up, whatever meetings they can happen. And they know that outside that time, it's just like they don't even notice that you're not online because things are ready and waiting for them when they come in the morning. And when they leave you stuff overnight, it's taken care of by the time they're back in in the morning. Okay. So just make sure the client's in good hands. That will help you to adjust your hours. Another thing I would say too, is like, be careful about it. If it's really soon, if you've just started working with a client and it's been a week and you're trying to change your hours, that's a little fishy if they were upfront about the hours that they needed as well. But I'd say once you have time to prove yourself and that varies person to person, I would say for sure within the month, they should know that that you do good work, that they want to keep you. You don't ever want it to be a situation of they're just like, yeah, this person does okay work. And then you're like, oh, can I change my hours? And like, you know what? No, this person, they're just doing okay work and they want to change their hours. And this is not what I signed up for. And so they end the contract. But when you're doing good work, it negates all of that. If you're doing amazing work, they're like, yeah, you can, I don't care. You can work at two o'clock in the morning. You kick ass. I want to keep you on my team. Let's do it. The second question that I got was a request to talk about how to deal with unresponsive clients, clients that are slow to respond. They kind of ghost. The communication is just bad. And I had a person say that they have a client who's been long term, really nice person, but just ghosting on the communication, not following up on time, not keeping in touch about what's going on. So here's what I would say with that. First of all, I am 100% guilty of ghosting as a client. Not forever, but I will disappear for stretches and then come back. And so I want to tackle this in two parts. I want to talk about why I do it as the client, and then I'll talk about what you can do as a freelancer when this is happening. So the reason that I am one contract immediately comes to mind, it is some website work for a new business, a website that's being developed for another business, an idea of mine that I put into progress. And I ghost on this person all the time because they are not organized. I never know when I'm going to hear from them. Nothing is ever delivered on time. It's absolutely a shit show, to be honest. And some of you may be thinking, what the hell, Michon? Why are you still working with this person? Pure laziness. And I should not be working with this person. I know. In fact, I'm in the position right now of being like, give me all the code that you've developed so far because I want to take it elsewhere. (laughs) It's not worth it to me. What happens is this person will say, yeah, we're going to fix these things. We're going to do these things and it'll be done by this time. And because this is a hobby project for me, it's not my main business. I will forget about it. And so the only time it will pop up, is like I'll get a message in my personal email that I have to review some work on Upwork. And my personal email, I mean, I check it maybe once a week, sometimes twice. It's not a priority for me. I'm usually in my business and my clients' businesses. So I don't get to it. And then I do get to it and like things aren't presented well and it's kind of messy. Like I said, the more I'm talking about this right now, the more I'm like, I got to get out of this contract. (laughs) This is crazy. But like the work was done well in the beginning and it just deteriorated. So we've got bad communication on both sides. It's become a stress and it's become a thing that I don't want to deal with. So 
What can you do? Let's say that you're in a position where the client is unresponsive for long stretches of time and you're doing well on your side. Because I would say, check what you're doing. Are you steady? Are you organized? Are you checking in on time? Are you delivering on time? Are you getting the client what they need and telling them what to do next on time? Because all of those things are going to tighten it up. If this person was doing all of those things, I would check in more often. If I knew every Friday I'd have an update, every Friday I'd have something to review, every Friday, whatever. Like if I could depend on them, then I would be dependable. But it's so easy to just be like, oh my God, this is such a headache. Like I don't know what they're going to have provided and if it's broken and not, and ugh, I just don't want to deal with this right now. And it's not my main thing, right? So ask yourself, the work that you're doing with a client, is it their main business or is this a side project? If it's a side project, it's going to be much easier for them to be unresponsive, to put it off. They probably mean well, just like I do. Like I want to get this website built, but it's not my full focus right now. And to be honest, probably bit off more than I could chew being like, yeah, I'll manage this on top of all the other stuff that I'm doing. So it might be a side project hobby thing for them. If it is their main business and they're unresponsive, not checking in. Well, apparently like they don't think that the work you're doing or the project that you're doing is that important. If it was a main piece of their business, they would be checking in and trying to move this thing along. So it's obviously not critical. So I would look at how you can show them that the work that you are doing is important for their business, is helpful for their business. And again, just look at what are you doing to show them that they need you kind of thing. Obviously, they don't think they do because they're disappearing for a long stretch of the time. So what could you be doing to better show them how important the work that you do is, the project that you're working on is, how it's going to translate into more of what they need, whether that's customers, sales, more awareness, if it's marketing work that you're doing, how does what you do affect them for the positive in the long run? Another thing you can look at doing is, yeah, getting super systematized. When you do get this person to check in again, establish the next set of whatever you're working on, establish deadlines. I'll check back in on Friday. Make sure that you are delivering then. Make sure that it's on time and make sure that they know the next steps. Like try to take control of the situation as much as you possibly can. A lot of times from my perspective, it can be absolutely overwhelming because we entrepreneurs sort of think we're superhuman and bite off way more than we can chew. And then the thing that we started then becomes this monstrous hassle that we don't even want to deal with. So we just avoid, 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 avoid. At least that's how my website thing is going. I have avoided ending this contract. I have avoided just like being like, you know what? This is enough. I got to get out of this because it's just one of those things that feels like it's going to take so much time to deal with. In reality, it takes an hour or two, just like wrap it up, get the code, go hire somebody else. But I don't know, for some reason, my mind makes it this huge thing and I don't want to deal with it. So maybe the work that you're doing, the client's doing the same thing. They're overwhelmed with other work, family life, personal life, things going on, just other situations. And the thing with you seems like a burden. Sad as it sounds, sometimes when something goes late, it then becomes just this massive blocker in our heads, right? It's like, instead of just being like, oh my gosh, I haven't messaged this person back for a week. I'm so bad. I need to message them today. It becomes, oh my God, I haven't messaged this person for a week. 
I'm so rude. I'm so awful. I need to deal with that. Oh my God, it's been two weeks. Oh my God, it's been a month. Oh my God. Like this is just like, I don't even, it becomes this thing that we just don't deal with. So by taking control of the situation, by making it clear how to, like you doing everything that you can to clean it up, clean up the existing communication on the project, clean up what the next steps are so they're clear. Don't be ambiguous with the client. The client needs control. They need to be told what to do and they need the next steps laid out. It may seem a little brash and a little strong, but it's probably what they need in order to keep advancing things forward. Also, just take a look at the work you're doing and how you're doing it and ask yourself why the client isn't excited about what you're doing. How can you better help them to be? Is it just a situation where they don't need to be doing this work and you know it and they know it, <laughs> you know? And in that case, you know, let this client go and get off, go off and get somebody else who is doing something that you're excited about, that they're excited about. Because like when there's excitement in a project, there's no ghosting happening. I mean, you can kind of compare this to dating, right? When you're excited about somebody, you're not ghosting them. When they're excited about you, they're not ghosting you. <laughs> so it's a both sides kind of thing there. There's something missing in how important this work is, how important the project is, what it means to their business, the work that you're doing. When people are doing stuff for me that is key to my business, for example, hiring marketing help. I hate marketing. Super happy to have hired someone for it. Even though I hate marketing itself, I am so excited that it's getting done and that someone else is doing it for me. Like, the last time my marketing person sent me over some stuff, because like we're still in the early stages, she's presenting a lot of stuff. I went and got a bottle of bubbly. I popped a bottle of bubbly and sat down on the couch and sent her a picture of like my computer open, glass of bubbly. I am excited to review all of this marketing stuff because it is advancing my business. It is going to help so much in the long run. Even though I don't care on a ugh, social media stuff, ugh, all this stuff that like, ugh, I'd rather not have to do it at all. But I'm just so excited about what it means for the long term for my business that it was like a celebration. Like, boom, I'm about to sit down and spend an hour reviewing all this stuff. I'm so excited about that. So if the client's not excited about what you're doing, there's a disconnect. I would never ghost her because ghosting her means no progress forward. We're not getting to accomplish these things that I desperately, desperately want to happen for my business over the long term. The one last thing that I would say on this as well is you've got a client like that right now. You may need to end it and, and just get out of the situation if it's causing you stress, if it's not a good long term fit. But what you can do to avoid this in the future is by taking more charge in the onboarding process and making sure that you set up communication norms with the client from the beginning, giving them how you work how you expect them to work, laying it out. Again, I just so many entrepreneurs, we can be a bit all over the place and it helps to have that someone else calling the shots, someone else making the rules. Hey, I'm going to have a report for you every Friday. I need feedback from you by the following Wednesday. If I don't have that, I can't move forward. If two weeks go by without feedback, we pause the contract and I don't do any more work until I get feedback and payment, whatever it is. But laying out your terms clearly and at the beginning, onboarding them with a set of rules that you and they both then follow from there on out really, really helps in terms of cutting down on communication issues. I hope that both of these questions were helpful for all of you listening and that you've learned something today. If you have any more questions or if you'd like to submit a question that you'd like for me to talk about on the podcast in the future, please do email me at hello at liveworktravel.com or you can reach out via DMs on Instagram at liveworktravelig. Please also sign up for my newsletter at escapehatchnews.com. Every week I'm sending out tips on how you can live, work, 
and travel. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next Monday with another episode. Until then, take care of yourselves.